to everyone and welcome to a new event from the Haptics Club, an open community about haptics with speakers from industry and academia. I am Eric Vezzoli from Interhaptics and I'm joined on stage by the other founding members of the Haptics Club. Ashley Huffman from Nanopore Technology, Manuel Sainzeli from Unity Technologies, Heisten Butter and Irina Tripapina from SensorGlobe, and Sarah Kipsi from Interhaptics. You can find the past recording of the events on all the major streaming platforms, like Spotify and Apple Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn by typing Haptics Club on the search bar to be updated on the activities. And well, super happy to have Lucas here today. So I will be moderating uh, this session, asking you the questions uh, at first. So once again, the first half hour is like me uh, asking questions to Lucas or us from the Haptics uh, Club team. And then uh, that part will also be recorded. Uh, after that first half an hour, we'll stop the recording and we open up the yeah audience also to open up the questions and have all the opens to Lucas. So first of all, Lucas, thank you very much for being here. Can you give your, well, make a little bit brief introduction of yourself? Sure thing. And thank you so much for having me here. It's definitely really exciting. Um, so uh, in the past uh, few months, starting December of 2020, um, I've been working on a do-it-yourself VR haptic love project. Um, it started out as just a quarantine project, um, just as something I was doing for fun. Uh, a lot of traction online, so I ended up continuing the project uh, to try to basically create um, what is now do-it-yourself hacker community, building your own VR haptic gloves for as cheap as $22. Awesome, and really, if you haven't checked the YouTube movies or the TikTok well, snaps, I don't know how to call them, really check them out because uh, well, some amazing engineering that you already uh, started out on the community. Thanks, Lucas. Besides like being bored of COVID and being in quarantine, what, what did you make go into haptics? Um, so it was a couple, couple different inspirations. Uh, one of the biggest ones, of course, being all of the amazing inspirational VR haptic glove tech that is out there, uh, you know, especially from you know, companies like SenseGlove, uh, Haptex, all of the really, really cool tech out there. And I've always really wanted to give it a try, especially after seeing movies like Ready Player One. Um, but the accessibility for tech like that right now is really not out there quite yet. Um, the industry hasn't quite caught up with haptic gloves, uh, not nearly as much as it has with VR headsets. Um, so pretty much the only option I had to give a try at haptic gloves was to make my own. Um, there wasn't really, you know, as just at the time being a high school senior uh, that I could, you know, get my hands on a pair of haptic gloves. So that was sort of my way of doing it was I built one myself. Awesome. And when did you decide, okay, I built this thing myself and I want to put it out on the internet? Um, yeah. So originally, um, the, the project, like I said, was like just like a fun project to keep me occupied. So I originally started posting on TikToks back in December um, just as something that I could like document my project uh, to show to friends and family members and maybe, you know, get some more people involved with the project. Uh, I never at the time was expecting the project to you know, explode online uh, as much as it has. Um, so it was quite a surprise for me. But uh, by like my third video, it ended up at 100,000 views, which was, you know, at the time, you know, totally blew me away. So at that point, 
you know, with all the support and comments and people asking, you know, are you going to open source these? Are you going to, you know, let us build some? Uh, you know, at that point, I just decided I wanted to try to make this project, you know, not just for me, but also for everyone. And did you already at that time had in mind where to go? So like a vision of, okay, this is the feeling, the interaction that I want to achieve with, with this like open source haptic glove. Uh, so it's definitely, it's definitely been kind of like learning as I go. Uh, I certainly didn't start out as like an expert in the field, knowing everything that I'm doing. And I, I still don't, I still, you know, a lot of the things that I'm building, I'm learning as I go. So a lot of it has been just trying lots and lots of different prototypes and different designs until I figure out something that works. This is my fourth uh, official prototype is what the, the gloves are on currently. Um, but I've posted lots of videos of just random designs that I've experimented with, uh, you know, things that have failed and things that have succeeded. Um, and of course, on the software side, uh, a lot of it right now is, uh, you know, through our Steam VR driver, which is now totally open source, community based. Um, I've been working with another developer named Dan, who I think he's actually here right now, um, who he and I have been working on the driver together. Um, and we've had to, you know, bounce back and forth a lot of ideas, uh, you know, change things that don't work. So it's been pretty much trial and error for the past six months. Super cool. I really like the well, bit background on myself. I'm one of the co-founders of SenseGlove, started back in 2015. I really liked, like, opening up these string pods from, like, these old ski pass Mm -hmm. Oh, I really felt like that's, that you you are me at that point in in back in 2015. That's I think we even on our CES prototype got even like the string pots out of the same bucket that you have uh, <laughs> that you got it from. Amazing. Yeah, that's really funny. And uh, like on on your LinkedIn says now that you're working at or doing an internship at Contact CI. Uh, yeah, so they actually, they found my TikToks uh, all the way back in February, um, and they offered me an internship position to kind of get some experience uh, in, and learn learn along with them. Uh, and it's actually been, uh, you know, in my case, very productive. I have, I've gotten a lot of skills, uh, especially since I started out, you know, uh, you know, just programming for fun, uh, you know, not having a ton of super concrete skills. So it's definitely helped me a lot. And what I, the interesting part is here because at Context CI, I think they're also creating a haptic glove that is more for enterprise users, whereas mm -hmm. you're creating an open source community. Um, can you take any learnings from that enterprise well, part to, to the community as well? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, at least as far as I can understand, uh, you know, the, the, the VR glove landscape uh, is mainly in the enterprise side of things just because that's the most practical area to maintain such a project. Uh, just because the software software support right now is very spotty. It's very, like, for a consumer-level glove, it's, you know, extremely hard to do that as a, as a company without working through some sort of first-party solution. So, uh, you know, that's mainly where, you know, my project is different because I don't actually have to, you know, sell a glove and, uh, you know, maintain revenue and stuff like that. Uh, so it, it makes it a lot easier for me to go, you know, directly to non-enterprise people. Whereas when you're actually selling a glove, you know, of course it, you have to actually, you know, have software that's already compatible with it. Um, and it already has to be, you know, a, a seamless experience. Whereas uh, with an open source project, you don't have a lot of those limitations.
uh, really uh, opening it up a lot, like a whole new level of, of what you can do indeed. Super awesome to hear. And what has been the, like the response of the community? Because I think the major majority of your community is not within the haptic side of, of like VR, but is more on the gaming side of VR. So how do they respond to your project? Well, so a lot of the, so the end goal, uh, as far as software compatibility is eventually to hopefully get these gloves working in as many, you know, like VR entertainment side of games as possible. Uh, the finger tracking is already compatible, uh, with most games on the steam VR platform already. Uh, the haptics are going to be a little bit of a challenge. Uh, we're going to have to take, you know, more of a community uh, style uh, approach to it, sort of like how B Haptics has been, uh, you know, taking a community approach to modifying different games to get functionality. Uh, but overall, the community has been very positive. Um, and I think, you know, uh, it kind of demonstrates that, you know, even though it's not something that's totally available uh, for consumers quite yet, it's something that people are really excited about. Um, to be able to extend their current experience of VR uh, beyond just you know headsets and controllers. And how can we help as haptics club or haptics community in order to push forward that well gloves like yours or whatever will arise in the future are being capable of indeed ending up like in a Steam VR plugin um, that you can also actually have the haptic sensations? Do you have any ideas about that? Um, so, uh, yeah, so mainly the, the big issue right now is getting the actual haptics to be compatible um, in different apps. So we have a couple approaches uh, that we're looking into. Uh, we do, Dan has been doing actually a lot of work on getting the force feedback stuff ready. Um, and mainly what we're doing right now is we're planning on, you know, uh, kind of giving power to our community and having them go through and try modifying different games to add compatibility. Uh, but mainly what's missing right now is that style of curated haptics content where people who have built their gloves can actually go and, you know, feel different objects and try out content that people have created. Uh, that's sort of a platform that doesn't really exist uh, for any sort of VR glove right now, uh, which, again, kind of is part of why this is, you know, normally more of an enterprise level thing, just because the, you know, the content has to be specifically curated to work with VR gloves. Yeah, but they're like with motion capturing you or with motion tracking, you already have like the Steam VR plugin that works the hand tracking part of things. So, mm -hmm. are you envisioning something that, that would also help that for force feedback and also maybe for vibrotactile feedback? Yeah, so uh, the, the uh, motion capture side of things is actually um, we kind of lucked out in the way that uh, Valve Index controllers currently exist and they already have you know, some semblance of finger tracking. So a lot of games, we're actually able to just repurpose the finger tracking that's already in there for Valve Index controllers. Um, Dan was actually the one who originally suggested using uh, Knuckles emulation. So one thing that our driver currently does is emulates Knuckles controllers. So uh, like the Valve Index controllers. So it actually makes games think uh, that you're using a finger tracking game controller. Um, so that actually made it so we don't have to modify games for the finger tracking at all. Um, whereas the haptics, uh, it still goes through the Open Gloves project that Dan and I have been working on, uh, our open source project. And then, of course, we have the hardware uh, 
you know, we have individual different hardware projects. Uh, my hardware for Prototype 4, uh, we're trying to, you know, get the software ready so I can release it. Um, but the idea for that is uh, it'll, it'll still go through the same software that makes our finger track so that it's all, you know, kind of in one package. Super excited to see that. Yeah, thank you. Ashley, you had a question. Uh... Yeah, on the haptic experience itself, um, like, you know, a lot of us are involved in haptic demos and um, typically um, people you have an expectation of how it's going to feel and what it's going to be like. How do you um, provide that expectation for folks that uh, are going to be testing your glove or are testing your glove. And the reason I ask is um, sometimes people think that they're going to be able to say like feel grass or are able to like um, have like really fine tune um, haptic um, sensations. Have you kind of or, uh, come across this at all? Uh, like on your current adventures with testing? Um, so I haven't actually had a chance to do very many demos with having other people actually try my gloves yet. Um, you know, the pandemic being, you know, one of those reasons that I can't really have someone come over to my house and try on my gloves. <laughs> um, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. But in most of my videos, uh, which I guess are the closest that I could, you know, call a demo, uh, I do, you know, go very in depth on how the gloves actually work, uh, you know, what components are actually in them. So the main aspect of haptics right now uh, with prototype four of the glove uh, is is a force feedback uh, servo motor uh, on each finger. So it can not only restrict uh, like the position of where you close your hand, but it can also tug back at your fingers a little bit. Um, so if I'm holding an object in the game, I mean, you guys know what force feedback is, but like, I, I, you know, I sort of explain like, it lets you feel, you know, the force that an object places on your hand. Um, and I do want to explore, you know, lots of other applications of haptics. Uh, like the whole idea of this project was there's you know so much room for experimentation not only me but you know anyone can take the glove and modify it and add features and there have been you know lots of different permutations of the glove already with people doing just that um so that's you know another thing that we really have going for us is the community kind of eggs us on and you know gives us lots and lots of amazing ideas can you for the listeners describe a little bit or who haven't seen your videos Describe a little bit how the servo motor actually uh, well, attaches, let's say, that way to the pulley that you have on the cable, because I think it's a very smart system. Sure. Yeah. Um, so currently, the the pulley that I have is like, um, if you can imagine, like a like a badge reel, um, like those retractable spring spring powered leashes. Um, and so what that does is, when you open and close your finger, it rotates that spool. And now on the version with haptics, that spool actually has a, a little screw sticking out. So that screw rotates left and right. And then there's a servo motor that's hooked up in line with that screw. So the servo motor can actually stop uh, at the position that the screw would normally stop at um, and prevent that screw from moving further, further which then fingers from closing more. Um, and not only that, but the servo can also push against the screw a little bit. Not enough to deal any you know, damage to your fingers or anything like that, but enough to make you feel that something is pushing against your finger. Um, so that's something that uh, we plan to experiment with adding uh, you know, some sort of simulated recoil feedback later on. Can it also slowly like, move with your fingers? Um, I'm not 100% sure uh, what you mean by that. But like, so the, the servo currently... Oh, do you mean like do you mean like a like force like a like a squishy object sort of movement? Yes. 
yeah so if i can imagine if you have like if you have the finger stopped or if mm -hmm. you have the moment of collision and then you know okay where the like the bar of the center of the servo needs to be at that moment you can also make a well, slight uh, movement in the direction of the finger so you can get some sort of a squishy effect right uh yeah so yeah so we can actually um because yeah kind of like i mentioned the fingers are already tracked via potentiometers and then the servo motor is also with absolute position so that's something that can be done uh one thing i've also been uh, ordering some parts to experiment with is adding like force sensors specifically so that you can directly measure the amount of force that's being applied to the object um and then uh, the other great thing is that SteamVR already has support for force because of valve index controllers. So we can also emulate the way that valve index controllers let you, say, crush a can inside of a video game by squeezing your hand really hard. That is proper thinking. Thank you. Uh, I jump in here. It's, it's, it's quite exciting what you're sharing because the, you almost have a... Uh, um, an active force feedback system, uh, not just uh, not not just a resistive force feedback, but you can also apply uh, an effect on that. So you can you can basically emulate uh, a vibrotactile feeling on the tip of the fingers by modulating in time the of your servo. <laughs> so I would be I would be really interested to check it out because it it, it like quite a lot of possibilities from a, from a perspective. So it's really, really cool. So congratulations for the design. It's yeah. quite, quite, quite. Yeah, thank you so much. And if in terms of like, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> We're fighting to ask you questions. I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of um, experiences, um, maybe some people aren't really sure like how it could be used or like some use cases can you describe like maybe some of the key things that you wanted to solve um whether it's like tied to a specific game or um like experience itself like what yeah, can it do and like what can people expect that they can get really excited about yeah for sure so um a lot of different vr games involve you know picking up objects and either throwing them or using them in some way uh, I know, like, one of my favorite games is uh, Blade and Sorcery, where you get, like, different knives and swords. Um, and, you know, being able to actually not just pick up the object with your hands, like, via finger tracking, but then also being able to feel the actual, you know, sort of, like, the curvature of the object in your hand, uh, you know, is something that's a huge upgrade over just having regular controllers where grabbing is just a button, right? Uh, not only can you grab, say, that sword or that, you know, that handle of a weapon or you know, any other tool, you can actually feel the object in your hand. Um, and then, for example, in, say, like, shooter games, uh, you know, one of the great applications of adding force sensors is, um, say, when you're pulling a trigger in the game, right now I have gesture-based uh, finger input as well. So you can actually just close your index finger to pull the trigger um, in, like, a shooter game. Uh, but with that sort of variable force feedback, you can actually simulate, like, the springiness of the, of the trigger a little bit. Thanks. Blade and Sorcery, I really like also the interactions, the two-handed interactions in that game are so amazing. And especially also when, when you hit like with sword, the table, that you that the swords like you know, get stuck in the table. The, basically, the physics there are amazing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so it's yeah, one of my favorite games as well. 
I saw a sneak preview like on, on I think it was on your TikTok or I don't know where, but it says that you also had other plans like there's something like open source treadmill and many more dot dot dot. So can you tell yeah. us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure thing. So Lucid VR, which is what I call like the project itself. Um, so like Lucas VR Tech being uh, mainly like the social media, YouTube, TikTok side of things. Lucid VR is my open source. Uh, kind of VR project line, uh, whereas that includes the gloves, which I call Lucid Gloves. Um, and then the next project that I'm going to be starting very soon is the Lucid Treadmill, uh, which I'm still just debating whether to call it Lucid Shoes or Lucid Mill. Uh, but basically, it's going to involve a, a, as cheap as possible VR treadmill. I already have the parts for it. I just have to get around to actually starting to prototype it um, that I'm with basically carpet skates like those cheap like plastic skates uh that let you like slide your feet on carpet um and then i'm going to use optical mice sensors to actually measure the displacement of your foot over the carpet while you walk um and then i'm going to have to build some sort of you know like wood enclosure to actually prevent you from falling over uh and the idea is you'll get you know 90 percent of the functionality that you would get out of a commercial vr treadmill for you know, uh, in the order of magnitude of like a hundred dollars or so, you know, if possible, uh, you know, as cheap as I can get it. That sounds pretty exciting. Looking yeah. at well, your whole array of projects that you're like to work on, how do you see this in two years? Um, so I, you know, a main, a big goal for this was getting more people involved in actually building things for VR. Uh, you know, you're in, in stopping me from building the gloves back when I was, you know, in, inspired to build the gloves was like, I have I don't know how to do that. How am I supposed to, you know, figure out how to do any of these, thing, these things? Um, and I feel like there are a lot of, you know, really, really talented, you know, engineers, uh, you know, soon to be engineers, uh, you know, having the same thoughts of like, you know, how am I supposed to actually get it working with virtual reality? This is like, these are things that are built by companies. I can't really build it myself. You know, one of the, the big, uh, you know, goals is to get more people, you know, more people not only interested in wanting to build things themselves, but also, uh, you know, people confident in being able to create their own designs. And, uh, you know, not only does it uh, push the you know, industry forward in that way, but also in the way that, you know, the more ideas we have going for us, you know, the quicker we can accelerate, you know, uh, different ideas, uh, different developments in, in VR and in haptics, you know, to the point that, uh, like Google, for example, uh, where you could, you know, that was my first VR headset back in the day was Google Cardboard. Uh, I didn't, you know, have an Oculus DK1 or anything like that. Uh, I did have a piece of cardboard and a, and a, you know, a smartphone. So I put that together, uh, you know, and that not only made VR accessible to me when it at the time would not have been accessible any other way, um, but it also, you know, gave me a really fun project to work on and got me interested in VR in the first place. And well, that's, I think that's a nice two year roadmap and a reasoning why. What is your, like your wildest dream with the project? Oh, <laughs> okay. Sorry if I like, uh, no, 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 that was, this okay. was like a very good two year horizon. Now, like imagine no, well. Actually, at your at your point, like audience is, isn't a problem anymore. Where do you see? What's your wildest dream with it? I guess my wildest dream would be uh, to the point that anyone, 
you know, be able to access VR in a way that people can be connected despite being over, you know, long distances uh, or, you know, socioeconomic differences, people not being able to afford technology to be able to actually, you know, get into that. Uh, like, I would love to see, you know, a world where everybody can access VR, you know, whether or not they have access to the tools or equipment to make it happen. Thanks. Thanks to share that vision. Well, a little back to a little bit back to you. I think the project that you're working on is really, really nice, but we haven't learned much about you as a as a young engineer. Um, and one question that we always ask here is what is your ultimate haptic well, what's your ultimate haptic experience that you have tried and that you can imagine? Oh uh, yeah, sure thing. So um, let's see, ultimate haptic experience that I've tried. Um, so I haven't really uh, tried any other, you know, haptic experiences other than my gloves. And then, uh, of course, with Contact CI, uh, which I can't talk a ton about. Um, uh, I would say probably ultimate haptic experience so far has been uh, one, like back before the, the haptic motors were on the glove, just for finger tracking. Uh, but after I got Bluetooth working on the gloves via uh, ESP32 board, um, I booted up a game of Blade and Sorcery and I just sat for like two hours and played the game like with my real hands. Like I could make a fireball from my hands. Um, and, you know, it, it's amazing. Like, oh, wow, there's a fireball shooting out of my hand, like my actual hand, not a controller. Uh, and I think for me, that was like this really big waking up point of like, wow, this this actually works really well. Um, yeah. And then as far as, you know, the haptic side of things. Uh, I would probably say it would be uh, the haptic demo that we have going for Prototype 4 right now, uh, which is just through Unity. But, you know, you pick up an object with your hands. Um, and originally it felt a little squishy because I had elastic bands that I was mounting everything with. Uh, but now I have like a hard plastic mount for everything. When you, when you actually restrict the motors, it feels like hard. So it actually feels like I'm holding like a hard piece of, you know, like plastic or metal or something. Um, and, you know, if you close your eyes even and just imagine, like, there's something in my hand, like, it actually feels like there's, you know, something there, which I think is it's one of the coolest experiences. And I hope more people can, you know, experience that someday. Well, more. I need to jump in here. Sorry, guys. I, I, uh, I mean, in, in the haptics world, there's always this myth that, uh, or at least hand tracking and haptics are too slow for gaming. And this is something that it's routinely comes out from the from a discussion when you think about haptics gloves from a, if you talk about game maker how does it does your gloves fare with that did, did you encounter that 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 limit about uh, this the, i mean the sheer the speed of your system specifically for hand tracking uh, does it is it a limit for gaming or do you have a class of games that would take advantage of that and some other that you think that would be a limit for uh, this kind of technology? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. So one of the biggest things uh, with the open gloves driver and also lucid gloves in general is it also gives you all of the functionality of a regular VR controller, but built into a glove. Basically there's compatibility for adding buttons and joysticks uh, as well so that you can basically simulate uh, you know, using a real VR controller. So for example, when I walk around, I don't have to use hand gestures to emulate walking around. I can actually just use a joystick or, you know, eventually a treadmill to do it, uh, which in a way is, you know, as responsive as a regular VR controller would be. Um, and then as far as, 
um, you know, as far as like actually using your hands to actually interact with items, uh, you know, having buttons as an optional uh, alternative for gestures. So for example, if you're playing a shooting game and you need a really, really responsive trigger, uh, instead of just using finger tracking for the trigger, you can put a button at the end of your finger so that when you close your finger, not only do you, you know, get that responsive feedback of clicking the button, uh, but then you have pretty much that instant, it's either on or off, uh, you know, momentary sort of response from the button. That's great thanks for the question. So I leave my sorry for interrupting you before. Thanks, sir. I think it's a very relevant question, especially we as a professional glove manufacturer, especially on the latency of your force feedback uh, with regards to gaming is something that we've been asked for quite a few times. So it's good that you uh, have already thought about that. I think we're almost half an hour, but I have two more questions that I that are really pressing at, at my my side, and that is as, at first, well, to anybody here in this room and anybody listening afterwards, uh, who wants to build your glove? Where to start? How do you build your lucid glove? Yeah, that's actually yeah, great question. So um, I have all of the resources for building my gloves, uh, totally public. So I have a Hackaday page, uh, uh, lucidvrtech.com. Um, but also I have all of the resources links in my Twitter bio or any of my social medias actually, um, where basically I have, you know, different resources and guides for how to actually put together the parts, configure everything. And now more recently I've been filming YouTube tutorials, to, uh, you know, show one-on-one -on -one how to actually build the gloves. So, um, you know, that's something that <laughs> takes me a very long time to do. Uh, so I haven't actually made a tutorial for prototype four yet. Uh, but I do have a tutorial for how to build prototype three, uh, which involves getting all of the parts, putting together the hardware, uh, you know, flashing the firmware and getting it actually working in VR. So that entire stack is all covered in that video. What type of equipment do I need to dust off of my uh, room in order to well, get started? Uh, yeah. So the first thing that's, uh, you know, sort of a limitation is uh, right now the project does require 3D printed parts in order to work. Um, we do have a Discord server full of people, uh, you know, making alternative designs. Uh, some people that are trying to make, you know, versions that use cardboard. Um, but mainly, at least with where Lucid Gloves is concerned, it does require a 3D printer, um, as well as you know, lots of different cheap parts that you can find online. Um, that would be, uh, you know, the badge reels, potentiometers, the servos, uh, and it runs right off of the Arduino platform. So an Arduino Nano, for example. Uh, you can get clones for like 3 to $4 each. Uh, those do just fine. Or switch to an ESP32 for Bluetooth. Uh, and then as far as hardware compatibility, right now it runs off of Steam VR, So it does require a PC VR, like a, a virtual reality headset, um, and a compatible PC. And do I need a soldering iron? Uh, so that's something that I've left sort of open to the community to decide. Um, I do have a wiring guide on how to wire it up. Uh, but alternatively, without a soldering iron, you can also uh, just use a breadboard uh, and just buy pre-crimped wires, and those just plug straight into the potentiometers. Yeah, so really encourage everyone here in the room to, well, indeed, take your soldering iron, uh, order the $22 parts online, dust off your 3D printer, and just start building it. It's really amazing. Uh, thanks, Lucas. 
Yeah, for sure. And if anyone has any issues or since our Discord server is always open. We have tons of people that are as excited as me and willing to help others. Awesome. Last question always is, can you give, well, especially at your side, folks an advice on, I think, leveraging social media in order to uh, get a growing community? Because I think that's what, what you're really capable of. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that was, I mean, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for, you know, the massive support on TikTok and the amazing community we've been able to tap into. Um, I would say, uh, you know, a big part of getting a community together is finding what kind of audience is really excited, would, you know, would be excited about the kind of content that you're putting out or the kind of, you know, movement that you're trying to run. Uh, you know, cheap VR gloves are a, a pretty easy sell because, you know, every, you know, there's so many people out there that are really excited after watching Ready Player One or other content and really want to try a pair of gloves but haven't gotten the chance to. Um, so first you have to really figure out who that audience is and then figure out the best way to reach them. So for me, the way to start out was actually posting videos on TikTok. Turns out it wasn't even on purpose at the time, but it, it happened to work out that way um, where that audience found me. And, you know, the more of them that found me and interacted, the more people they got recommended to and so on. So, uh, you know, it's a matter of, you know, finding the kind of people that would be interested in joining your community uh, and finding the best way to reach out to them. Amazing. And yeah, congrats on all the yeah, work and success that yeah. you had. And another Haptics Club chat comes to a close. Thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to hosting you at our next chat. You do this every other week, same time, same place, and we're super excited to have you there. Be sure to find us on LinkedIn, where you can be the first to know who our next guest is going to be. All the details will be there. You can RSVP. You can also find us on Twitter at Haptics Club, where you can join in the conversation and ask questions. And if you happen to miss an episode, you can find us on most major podcast platforms like Spotify and on Apple, and you can get up to speed on some of the buzzworthy topics we covered. But once again, on behalf of the entire Haptics Club, I want to say thank you for taking the time to join us and jump in the conversation and be a part of this amazing community. And we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.